All right, hello again. I, this is Brock. I'm still here in Salem, and my son is trying to open the dishwasher because he thinks it's fun. However, that also means that uh, no dishes get washed. And, you know, that's the problem with modern technology is that sometimes people just don't want it to work. The nice thing is about modern technology that you can have a pedal shift and sprocket oh, podcast. No. That's right. Happy hour meetup. Uh, this is number two that we participated in not too long ago. There will be more. Check out pedalshift.net slash happy hour to find out about what's going on. Stay tuned to our social media channels when we announce the next one. And join us on the Zoom platform with your own beverage in hand. Uh, as you know, I'm taking a year of not drinking, and so uh, you don't have to drink to tune in. We would love to hear what you've been up to and how you're keeping busy, uh, maybe on your bicycle. So, while my son deconstructs the kitchen pots and pans here in our house, uh, go ahead and enjoy Sprocket Podcast and Pedal Shift Crossover, happy hour number two. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the second Sprocket Shift Project Happy Hour. My name is Tim Mooney. I'm with the Pedal Shift Project. Thank you again so much for joining. I literally just said that. Uh, we will soon be joined by the uh, co-hosts and the producer emeritus of the Sprocket Podcast, and we will be uh, spending about the next 40 minutes or so together enjoying a fine beverage. Uh, we are going to be doing this in a way where uh, you're going to remain muted and you're going to remain keeping your uh, video uh, uh, sort of by the wayside for at least a minute. And uh, the uh, co-hosts for the Sprocket Shift podcast uh, is, are going to get together and we are going to uh, chat about uh, some bikey stuff. Uh, Brock Dittus, hello, sir, and welcome uh, to uh, Electric Boogaloo, the second edition. Hey, Mr. Mooney. And hey, everybody else. Good to see everybody on the call. All right. And let's see, we should be getting uh, Aaron Flores and Guthrie Straw as well. And hopefully uh, up to 100 of you. This is how it works uh, on this fine platform. We've got... Uh, uh, we're using Zoom. It is an experimental situation. I believe we've got Mr. Aaron Flores. I'm going to unmute you, sir. How Hello. are you on this fine evening? I am doing all right. I am going to pop out in just a second to grab a coffee that I'm drinking slash making. Please and do. Let me also test the audio here. Oh, boy. We are trying right. to uh, record the audio at yeah, each of our ends for your listening enjoyment on a future edition of the uh, Sprocket Podcast. Tough. Uh, good, good opportunity for me to uh, start off things by saying, what am I drinking? I'm drinking a fine DC beer, DC Browse, The Corruption. No commentary whatsoever with my beer choice whatsoever. It's just a good beer. DC Browse, The Corruption. Uh, Mr. Uh, Didis, what is your... Hold on. Audio. What is yes. your uh, drink of choice? Uh, you are muted, so I'm going to unmute you. And hopefully that would work. There we go. I think I did that by accident. My apologies. No worries. Uh, yeah, I'm doing the same thing that I had before, which is fake whiskey. So Fake whiskey. The burn comes from peppercorns, folks. Right, yeah. oh, hello, sir. How are you? I am uh, attempting to unmute you. Let's see if I can unmute you. We're going to try that. You're off camera, though. In any event, one more time to unmute Guthrie Straw. Maybe he's uh, he, he he doesn't want to be heard. Wait. 
Oh, maybe you don't have a, a microphone in. There we go. You're back. Hello, Guthrie. How are you tonight? Hey, I was just getting my audio settings dialed in. Thanks for your patience. Yeah, it sound, you sound sound like a million bucks tonight, sir. Oh, mm. so do you. Are you are you using microphones uh, that are normally used for the production of the Sprocket podcast? I am. Yeah, I'm using the microphone uh, that we used primarily in our recording studio in the Airstream. Uh, so a good old Shure SM, I think it's a SM57 or a SM58 to talk about the sausage factory. Sure. <laughs> see what I did there? Uh, <laughs> let's see. And, uh, uh, Aaron, I'm just testing this microphone right now. Sorry, I'm talking over oh, you. Oh, that's fine. Aaron, what are you, yeah. what are you drinking? You, you got the coffee. Uh, Brock, I've you've got, got the... coffee with my Swift Summit Northwest mug. Fantastic. Yet? Um, also, I want to note, um, hang on just a second here. Grandpa's got to figure here. Where, here I am. Okay. Also, I want to note that, um, I also brought a birthday cake that Anna's mom made for Anna's birthday. Is uh, Anna present that we can wish her a happy birthday? She's not. Oh my goodness. <laughs> of all things, they called her at four in the morning to come work a flight. Okay, happy birthday. <laughs> Get on a plane. Wow. We'll just leave it at that. Well, hey, happy birthday, Anna, wherever you are. She's got work, the... though, you know? Yeah, hey. <laughs> at least there's that. Exactly, exactly. Happy birthday. Uh, Cheers to Anna for her. Uh, w- exactly. For her birthday. I will not. I don't know her age. I will not reveal her age. Guthrie <laughs> Straw, what are you drinking uh, this fine happy hour? I'm having some lovely water in a bottle, courtesy of Gladys Cycles. And yeah. again, we we shifted the time here, and I'd like to know for the record that this guy's the only one who's actually drinking. I don't understand what's happening. I've got I've got a little bit of coffee left over because it's going to be that kind of night. You assholes have beer sponsors. I don't, and I am the only one drinking. I'm just saying. I picked the wrong year to stop sniffing glue. That's right. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Hey, folks. Uh, today on uh, on the uh, Sprocket Shift Project Happy Hour, we are playing uh we're, we're gonna try to do a topic every time we do this and on this particular episode we've got um i don't know if i've got my timer running on this of course as i mentioned uh on the last one we, we we're, we're at a hard cutoff at 40 minutes so these are nice and tight this is about one drink's worth of uh enjoyment we're going to talk for a few minutes on the topic and then we're going to invite you to come on in and chat about this topic tonight's topic is planning a bicycle ride whether that's a tour or a day trip uh you know I'm planning one right now. In fact, you can probably see right behind me. I've got my rig. I'm I'm actually giving it a bit of a tune because my intention is uh, health willing. I'm going to be going out on the C and O starting on Thursday, and I'm going to do close to a three ride if I can do it. Um, conditions willing, we're just going to have to see how it goes. But you know, what do you do to plan a bicycle tour, or excuse me, a bicycle tour like me, or a day trip, or a fun ride, or a pedal palooza ride, things like that? Um, Guthrie, I had you first in the show notes. I'm not sure if you knew that, but uh, you are you are welcome to uh, uh, start or to defer if you would like. Oh, I'm good. Um, I guess I could talk a little bit about two trips that I had planned, but part of planning will now include planning those to be later than they were planned, uh, which I think Finally. is the case for a lot of folks. Um, but just as a little bit of background, I put I put my my scenery behind me here. Uh, 
because in about two weeks, I was hoping to be in Japan. Um, and anybody that's been paying attention to the state travel advisories uh, will have seen that everybody's basically getting recalled. Um, so part of that planning uh, on a long range sense is it's interesting. This is the I guess the most in advance I've ever planned a trip. Usually I'm just like, I'm going on a trip and then <laughs> I go on a trip. Uh, but you know, the advanced planning in this case didn't nice, nice Tim. I like it. Uh, <laughs> we, we know where <laughs> oh, Tim's traveling. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just, I, uh, I think with traveling, there are kind of multiple levels of consideration. Uh, so one of them of course is the bicycle component, um, and I'm sure we'll get into the nitty gritty of what to bring and how and uh, over what, I guess, means. Uh, but traveling can also involve planning in regards to, uh, you know, where you're going or what you're doing or what what does staying somewhere look like to you. And I think we got a little bit into this um, when we were talking with, uh, was it the first time Bike Touring Club, Tim? Or what was the podcast that we chatted on with a fellow who was planning a first-time bike trip with some friends a couple yeah, of months right. ago? That, that was that was the beginner series, and yeah. we were chatting. Let's see, were we uh, checking uh, with Steve? Um, a comedian's name, uh, Steve Older was on Saturday Night Live as a not a cast Steve member, Martin. but a. Why am I having a complete Steve brain? Martin. Steve Martin, oh. thank you. There we yeah, go. Okay. Steve Martin. It was thank not you. that Steve Martin. It was a different Steve Martin. But yes, uh. sorry, Guthrie, go ahead. No, that's perfectly fine. Um, yeah, so, you know, just I think traveling also means figuring out what you want to do, where you want to do it, um, of course, how you're going to do it. Uh, but it looks very different for everybody. And so um, just talking a little bit about my travel process and comfortability, um, and this is something that I learned quite a bit. There we go. That's I recognize that. Uh, <laughs> There we go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so when I when I think about traveling, I think about planning um, in I planning to or think think about planning in regards to what I hope to do, not what I plan to do, uh, because this is something I learned in India, um, especially when I was biking there with my sister. Is you you never say like, oh, I'll be here at this time, or I'm going to take this bus to here or this thing to there. You always say I hope to, and the reason you say you hope to is because it might not actually come to be. Um, and I, I think that was really, um, I really enjoyed that when I was traveling because it is kind of the same mindset that I think I take into all the tour places uh, or places that I go touring. Uh, but it was it was never more so apparent uh, traveling in uh, southern India. And so typically I'll kind of plan a route based on points. I, I don't really like to fill in the distance in between. Um, and I know we've had several listeners and folks who've written to uh, the pedal shift and the sprocket who talk about the enjoyment that is that planning process, you know, hey, we're going to make, you know, 30 miles here and then we're going to camp in this spot. And if that doesn't work, then there's a bailout here uh, and, you know, we're going to do this instead or we have like a hotel or something that we can, um, you know, charge the card on if we absolutely have to, that kind of deal. Um, for me, like when I approach planning, I approach more like what can I do to my setup what can i do for myself that will allow me to be as sort of self-sufficient or or uh rely on myself as much as possible um because i feel like when i get to the pedal moment of things the plans always change uh and so you know i i can certainly try to make it places and be like oh that would be a cool campsite but as far as my comfortability when traveling by bicycle i'm just as comfortable camping in a ditch on the side of the road uh as I am 
uh, you know, really trying to make that thing happen. Uh, so knowing what kind of traveler you are, I think is almost more important than planning how to travel. Because if you know what kind of traveler you are, um, you can better fit whatever you're doing towards your style to have a to have a happy outcome, even if it looks completely different from somebody else's trip. Um, so I, I try to be self-sufficient so that I'm not reliant on external factors, uh, or at least not within like a three to five day period. Uh, you know, if it gets out to like seven days, yeah, you're probably going to need to think about food or water. Um, but having that knowledge that I've got everything I need on my bike um, opens up a lot of possibilities in how I get from A to B necessarily. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I I think I love the idea of the fact that, you know, we things change, you know, with the best laid plans. I don't think I've ever had a single tour or bike trip that I've ever done that has gone from A to B to C to D exactly by plan. Uh, this last Florida trip was about as close as it got, but things intervene and stuff like that. So staying flexible, I think is awesome. Hey, Aaron, how about yes. you? What's what's your uh, thought process in the whole uh, bikey planning kind of headspace? I have planning. I just, I just do it. I just go out. Uh, most of the time, like on the longer trips I've ever done, I've been fortunate enough that other people have done the bulk of the planning. Um, but anything that I've done where Anna and I, uh, we just went out. We're like, okay, so where are we going? We're going to this campground. All right, I guess I'll just get a map there. Uh, I will say the hardest part for me is exactly what Guthrie is talking about. About like, hey, I hope to be at this place at this time. I am so schedule oriented when it comes to that kind of thing um, that it's very difficult. Like, if we're taking a break, it's very difficult for me to not think, okay, clock is ticking. We gotta, you know, we gotta be there by time x because if i don't do that then you know other things that i've planned will start to fall out of place so i think uh you strike me as the non-planner planner and let life come at you that's yeah it interestingly enough i try not to plan but in the also in the meantime <laughs> i also want to be at very specific places at very specific times so kind of an in-betweener. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. that's sort of how I feel like I am in a certain way too. It's like, although if anybody who listens to my show, know that I'm a super structured Virgo dude. Who's like, yeah, <laughs> they're, they're like, no dude, you, you, you are not uh, anything but planning. So um, maybe <laughs> I should just shut up or something. Yo, Brock, uh, what do you got uh, on uh, regarding uh, planning for a bicycle trip? What, what's, what's sort of your, your thing? Uh, the thing that I thought of first was uh, having a good packing list is essential because um, I think I probably shared before, uh, like in 2014, when Adele and I uh, didn't even have a permanent address and we just went out and rode bikes for eight weeks, that was some of the best times that I've had in my life. Uh, and largely because it was so spontaneous. We, we kind of knew where we wanted to go, kind of broadly east and west, um, but we didn't, um, we didn't have to worry about uh, getting uh, you know, the specifics down beforehand. We just said, hey, uh, riding. It's about five o'clock. Uh, that looks like a good free spot to camp. Uh, let's do that. Um, so that's something that I'm super comfortable with kind of being relaxed about. At least I, I was at that time. If you're taking a shorter trip, like a weekend, or you kind of want to make sure you're back in time for your other responsibilities. But 
Uh, one of the things that I thought was really nice is having a packing list because I have forgotten rubber boots. I've forgotten rain gear. I have forgotten my sleeping bag one time. Uh, and had to buy another one at a grocery uh, on the way up. And so uh, you really do want to know what you need and if you have it or not. I think that's the thing where I'm the biggest fan of planning in that regard. I understand that you also were an over planner at uh, a certain point. Uh, tell me, t- t- talk more oh, about yeah. how you got out of over planning. Well, I mean, I used to have more time on my hands. Uh, I've got like three or four different tours that I meticulously planned out using Google Maps and using um, uh, like my calendar function, everything. Like I just didn't take those trips. Um, and there's there's a certain amount of that that's healthy and then there's also a certain amount that's not. So. Um, I would say I, I'm no longer planning trips. I won't take that's for sure. That makes sense. Do not, do not plan things you do not need. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So for me and in the past years during what I now call off season or used to call off season, you know, I'm, I'm start, I'm now cycling all four seasons because I'll do a winter trip. Now I, I use planning as a tool to keep me, um, keep me sharp and to keep me anticipating, um, the tours to come, it was sort of like wish casting some tours uh, and, and, you know, just like filling in that time and just keeping my uh, enthusiasm strong. And that was like a really important thing for me. Now I find that planning does that for me all year round. I, I enjoy planning a bicycle tour, not as much as doing it, but it really is kind of a fun thing to be able to fill time. And, and like I said, wish casting, you know, sort of, thinking about things. What's a new twist? If I'm going to do a ride that I've already done before, how is it going to be different? That I, I like doing those types of things. I also like, you know, well, I, you, you see DC in the background now, but my bike's actually physically there. So, you know, um, getting the bike all fixed up and cleaning it up and, and doing the little bit of like kind of routine maintenance to get it ready for the tour. That that's kind of the thing that I like uh, to do. Um, my, my near-term planning is everything that can start and end in D.C. or here at my cabin in West Virginia. Um, I can bike between the two in two days and do a round trip in four. That's sort of the world that I live in right now. Um, and you know what? That seems to be okay. Um, interestingly, uh, the Rails to Trails folks uh, just put out an email that said, hey, you know, it's, it's all perfectly consistent to go out there and in our current environment, go out and use the trails. You know, it's as long as you do a few things to keep yourself safe and uh, for the safety of others, Hey, getting out and doing a bike tour or getting out on these trails, that's a good thing. And it's good for all of our health and our well being. So I think that's pretty cool. One thing that I would also mention out there. Yeah. One thing that I would mention also is just from a a planning tip, uh, many tips, English tips movie. Who's got that? Um, I like to use Google street view to do a virtual ride through of any ride that is new to me. And particularly if I'm in some road areas that look a little bit gnarly from the map perspective, sometimes it will confirm, Hey, that's gnarly. And maybe there's no good shoulder there. It's not a, a good safe way to go. And I'll look for an alternative route. Sometimes what I'll discover is actually, Oh no, it looks terrible on the map, but actually in practice, it's pretty good. It's got a big wide shoulder or it's a uh, less traveled road than you would expect. So I think that that's a really helpful thing. Florida prime example, this last trip that I did in January, um, I use using that Google street view is I think a really good way um, to kind of do things. So um, we've got some folks in, uh, does anybody ha- have any kind of uh, thoughts to wrap things up uh, to work off of anything? 
Brock said or Aaron said? Got yeah. Uh, I only had one extra thing to add to the Google Maps, and this is only because it's bitten me once, is uh, it's excellent for Street View, but it's good to check when the Street View was last taken. Um, I have encountered that difficulty before. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And also, it's interesting. I found that they've been... Um, They've been cycling through more frequently. Yeah, um, definitely. It's very rare that I see a place that is several years old, and that's really helpful. The other thing about using Google as your bike touring router, um, and that's another reason why I like to do the Street View to check on things, is I did Google uh, a Google uh, uh, bicycle tour, or excuse me, bicycle routing through the Olympic Peninsula, and it took me on, surprise, a logging road, which was mm-hmm. not a great idea. I could have stayed on 101 with a great big wide shoulder, and not done the elevation gain and fall and the crazy gravel that I was on that was really not gravel. It was like rocks this big around. Um, audio medium, folks, uh, it was like the size of a twink, size of Twinkies, basically. Um, so not not super ideal for a, a fully loaded touring rig, but it, it worked. It was uh, it was kind of fun. I talked about that on, God, what would that have been in episode five of the podcast? So um anybody else got any kind of final thoughts before i i think we got some folks in the audience if um, they would be willing to i've got let's see we've got greg braithwaite's in there ej finnerin's in the house uh so uh, we, i think we'll we'll pitch to you all if you're willing to share but uh Those any, are my any favorite last thing people. From Sprocket, folks oh no? i think you have to unmute them well, no. Well, I, I said from you guys first, but oh, now I'm, I'm gonna... sorry. <laughs> All right, who do we want to hear from first? Let's. I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear if, from the railroad. Either Greg bridge. or EJ. If you do not want to participate, do this. <laughs> All right, then you two are. You're both coming in. Greg, you're the one who's uh, uh, in my screen right now, so I'm going to unmute you. What, what What do you got when you? What do you do when you're uh, pulling up, pulling together a bike trip? What do you? What, what's your What's your jam? Uh, first, let me just back it up a little bit and say what a honor and pleasure it is to be here. Uh, it is our yeah, pleasure, sir. Thank you. Yeah, and thank you for uh, for putting this together. Um, what was the question again? What do you do for bike planning? Whether it's a day trip, a tour, what you know, what, what, what's um, sort of your mindset on it? Are you a planning person, non planning person? What's your What's your deal? Yeah, in the in in the Tim Mooney vein, I'm a big big planner. I get probably second uh, best joy besides the trip itself from planning. Um, I will usually have to set a deadline to myself for when I should not start planning before that date. Otherwise I I would just start planning too much (laughs) and then get obsessive. And then it's, it's actually not a good thing. So I actually will actually be like, okay, I can't start planning the, the summer trip until, um, you know, November. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I plan things out. Um, my longest trip has just only been 18 days and I'll usually kind of create a, a day by day, um, you know, kind of, uh, agenda and not that if things went awry, I wouldn't be okay with that. And things have, but, um, I just, I just really enjoy the, the planning using Google maps, obviously, uh, you know, the book and various other resources, depending on, on what trip you're taking. Gotcha. Gotcha. What, and what type of uh, riding do you take? Do you like to do? Are you kind of a bike packer, a four pannier kind of guy? What, what's your I've been doing? I've been doing mostly traditional road touring. Uh, I actually just built up a brand new bike that I um, was planning on taking my first trip uh, on soon, but um, will be postponed. Um, but here in Santa Cruz, where I live, I also do a lot of um, 
I guess what people would call gravel riding. I would assume some of the gravel riding we're doing in Santa Cruz would be uh, closer to mountain bike riding. Um, but I'm doing it on a, you know, a, a drop bar gravel bike. Um, so I do, I do that. And then, uh, you know, as much commuting as I could do and trips to the store. So, um, can I ask a question? Yeah. Just curious, uh, Greg, um, for your, for your purposes, would you consider a gravel bike, a touring bike? Could you do like a, uh, overnight slash multi-night on a gravel bike? The, the, the bike I just built up, which is a, a Linksy titanium frame, uh, bike uh made made here uh in the united states is one of their gravel models um so it takes a wider tire and and i think when i say traditional road touring um i just kind of mean that uh one i'm mostly on roads but two i'm still uh i'm still carrying a, a traditional rear rack with traditional rear bags um and so um, I kind of feel like the, the bike itself is universal to that, I mean, touring process, but I haven't done a lot of multi-day dirt, dirt riding. Thanks. Well, well yeah. yeah, thanks for, thanks for sharing uh, that, Greg. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, hey, um, you're right on one of the great, uh, uh, great bike touring routes of all in Santa Cruz. So, you know, maybe get out on that ride, get out, get out and do a ride, man. I've been doing a lot of riding uh, the last few days, actually. Yeah. 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 It's, it's a good way to kind of get the mind off, I think. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, thanks so much. Also, for, th- thanks for uh, participating. Oh uh, yeah. Brock, go ahead. Yeah. Just uh, Greg, what does it feel like to be an awesome drummer? Cause you're a pretty great drummer. <laughs> now that's uh, pandering. People. Music and uh, <laughs> music and bikes are, are, uh, are, definitely uh some big passions for me so thank you though uh brock did us chief panderer of these project <laughs> project Happy hour. thank you Th- thanks again greg really appreciate you hey ej i'm gonna unmute you uh looks like you've got some uh, other folks joining you what, what what's what's your it's sitch with uh bike hey finnerins hi um oh. <laughs> this is willa by the way <laughs> hey willa um yeah we haven't planned a trip since our since our trip since the one that we were on the rocket describing all the follies we went through um but that was fairly well planned out we had turn by turn yeah things printed out and like taped to the handlebars and stuff because that was like our first real trip so i was really paranoid about making sure to get lost but well when ej says we he means he because he planned everything and i just went along for the ride yeah (laughs) which is how we ended up on the center without a wrench (laughs) Um, yeah i'll I'll blame him for that (laughs) but yeah i mean for the first trip i was pretty paranoid about and then we did the second trip i guess with ben that was yeah a bit more like no well, and I think because we had already done a bike camping trip and we had been to Stub Stewart and that's where we went with our friend Ben, we were a little less anxious about it. And Ben spent like six months or something touring, bike touring around New Zealand. So we're like, it's fine. Nothing's <laughs> going to happen that we can't handle. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I see that you guys are actually drinking uh, actual uh, alcoholic beverages. Is that is that correct? What, yeah. what, what, what is what is in your what are in your glasses, your collected glasses? This is the, I believe these Fogomatic. Hazy IPA from, or just the New England style IPA, which mm-hmm. is same thing. My little beast. Yeah, and I've got—I forget the name of it, but it's a red ale from Stormbreaker. Ooh, and- I love me some Stormbreaker. Big fan. That's my big, favorite big red. Fan. Yeah, 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 good it's stuff. Such a good 
bread. I don't usually like breads. And I tried this one on a whim and I thought, ooh, I need to get this again. And I keep getting it because it's so good. And Greg, I didn't ask what you were drinking. Are you, are, do you have a beverage there for uh, this fine uh, happy hour situation? I do. I just mixed up a um, beautiful Manhattan for my wife, who is uh, currently uh, trying to get to the furthest room possible in our house right now. <laughs> and uh, I'm drinking uh, a uh, beer from a brewery in Santa Cruz called Discretion, and it's their Redwood Blonde. Ooh, fantastic. We're all bringing the local beers. I'm, I'm really, I'm proud of us for not uh, representing. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, I think that, um, you know, I would drag uh, my, my lovely partner, Kimberly, in this, but I don't know what she would say about it. Hold on. Let me unmute her. Let's see what's going on. Hey, Kimberly, you there? Yes. Of course so she is. I have to push the button. <laughs> see, last time she had it on really really loud and off of headphones in the other room and that's why we got there you go hello hi kimberly how are you guys great i love your backdrop i think that's you guthrie yeah oh thanks (laughs) yes not to me yes the best that google images could afford amazing I, I know that uh, you are more of a bike commuter than a, a bike traveler but i i'm curious uh well what are you drinking right now maybe we should start with that Kombucha, of course, bubbly and, rose. Uh, yes, I bought uh, I bought all six of the uh, uh, bubbly rose kombuchas in a West Virginia grocery store. Yes, people, in the eastern panhandle of West Virginia, you can get fancy kombucha. I'm just <laughs> you too can have bubbly rose. <laughs> yes. What what's what's your what what's your kind of um, relationship with planning and bicycling? I mean, you you do it more as a commuter, but I'm curious what 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 sort of your what, what's your mindset on all this? Really, it's just if I need to get someplace quicker. Okay, well, on my good, bike. Good talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh, well, thank you for joining, Kimberly. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I put you. I put you on the spot there. So, speaking All of right. speaking of planning, uh, I'd been I'd been mulling around some ideas today, and I it's kind of like an opposite direction of what I was thinking because I've always been kind of a one bike person, but I think I might be getting like closer to the fence on being a two bike person. And I was talking with Uh a good friend of mine just before the show, uh, who's up, he's, (laughs) he's stuck in Barrow, Alaska right now during the, uh, during the shutdown, uh, type stuff. So he was talking about getting a fat bike and just saying how different it is from his day to day. Um, and he was the same fellow who I did my bike tour in 2013 down to San Diego with. Um, so in our catching up, uh, something, that I was thinking of in terms of planning is um, planning a way to reduce the amount of activation energy it takes for me to go from a Portland city mindset to a hills and mountains mindset. And something that hadn't quite occurred to me before was um, in my effort to like hold off from the gravel bike trend uh, and the bike packing trend, I feel like it's no longer a trend. It's more just to like, this is happening. It's, it's a thing. Yeah. Uh, so like now that that market has more fully matured, I was kind of mulling around the thought of like, oh, you know, instead of just like worrying about the surly not being the perfect Swiss army knife to every situation that life throws <laughs> at me, what if I, what if I really did get the surly in more of a commuter zone, um, you know, nod to Kimberly and the commuters out there in the world. Uh, and then I had a gravel bike that was just already prepped. Like it's got the saddlebag, it's got the pump, it's got the filter, it's got everything you need. And instead of me having to like empty out my panniers with a laptop and like all my like 
PDX commuting clothes and stuff like that. If I had a bike that I can just pick up and go, uh, that would actually probably translate to me getting out into the woods quite a bit more often. And, and maybe that's worth that peace of mind. And maybe, just maybe, that's worth becoming a two-bike person. <laughs> and then you're N plus one, and that's just yeah. how it goes. It, you know, once you break the seal, Guthrie. Yeah, <laughs> right? Starts with one. Start, or it starts with one more, and then it ends with one more. You know, they've, they've told me that since I got my first bike when I was four years old, but so far I've, I've enjoyed being the exception to the rule. That's not to say I can't change my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I too am, am sort of uh, thinking about uh, uh, another bike, and that would be my fourth bike. Um, nice. But in fairness to me, one of them lives on the West Coast, and uh, just two live here on the East Coast. But Guthrie, I'm the same way. I, I'm really intrigued with the concept of getting either a fat bike or something that can handle like outdoorsiness a little bit more than just my uh, uh, my touring bike, which can do just great. And it can handle trails and stuff like that. But, you know, under adverse conditions, the C&O can be really, really gnarly and nasty. And I'm thinking, wouldn't it be cool to have a bike where I don't have to give a rat's tail what's going on on the C&O? I can ride on it. So yeah, I'm I'm in your boat too. I'm, I'm sort of toying with it. And then, there, then you get into the thing. It's like, well, maybe I get an inexpensive one to start. And then you're like, no, inexpensive bikes are inexpensive for a reason. And then you may as well spend the money on a better bike. And yeah. Inexpensive so, bikes are just expensive later. There you go. Yep. Oh, wow. Uh, I'm throwing that on a sticker. And, and, and right after uh, the Salem, it's not so bad. Inexpe- what was that again? Yeah. Uh, what? An inexpensive bike, bike is just more expensive later or something along those lines. I think we should yeah. make t-shirts. That should, yeah, be, the, do it. That should yeah. be the uh, Sprocket Chip Project happy hour t-shirt right there. <laughs> you know, what I want is uh, I want more trailer. I want a way to carry a number of things because I'm a musician and I've always wanted, I, I guess now I live out of town from where my band rehearses. So it's not likely that I'm going to be bicycling my base to practice anytime soon. But I'm curious uh, kind of what it would take to, um, to get a trailer together that could carry my base and my amp and keep it dry in the rain and be able to cart it from one place to another without having to use my car. And uh, it reminds me of Blind Pilot, which uh, banned out of Portland. And, they uh, did they tour. Did, like, famously, yeah. You know, they're yeah. one of the great Sprocket podcast gets that I would love to someday get. Um, but they might also be long past that and tired of talking about it, too. But they did a bicycle tour starting in Bellingham, Washington, I want to say, unless it was Vancouver, um, uh, Canada. And they biked down the West Coast. Uh, and they hit a bunch of all the big cities, you know, between uh, and did uh, gigs where they actually carried an upright bass and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Greg, uh, what is the most instrument you've ever carried uh, by bike? Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I asked the wrong course, question. Though, I would have to say cymbal bag, um, maybe a snare drum, but probably just cymbal bag. Um, Cymbals are heavy. They're made of yeah, metal. But uh, not to take a detour for all the drummers out there sharing drum kits as mm. I've aged, I've really grown to love sharing drum kits. Then bike with just a cymbal bag still heavy. I've also learned to appreciate less symbols. So, mm. uh, yeah. So Greg and Brock is our resident, uh, as our resident live musicians, I'm curious what you think about, uh, uh, live music. Now, Ben Gibbard just did, you know, did his, uh, kind of live, uh, online performance is that is that sort of I, i'm kind of drawn to that i'm i'm grateful that 
uh, musicians are, are are doing that kind of a thing. I'm curious, is that sort of where your headspace is now for all of this? Uh, but P.S. We're, we're below six minutes left before we get kicked off mm. in the funny way that we did last time. Oh, yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, well, I would say I, I think there's something to be said for getting music shared. I, I attended a virtual concert uh, on Sunday and it was amazing. It was super cool. I threw the folks 10 bucks, which is probably more than they would have gotten from me if uh, if it had been live, honestly. Uh, but there's also no uh, kind of substitute for live music. I do know that for, uh, you know, with people not being able to go out as much and not be able to do musicians or canceling tours, that sort of thing, you do want to throw uh, money at the people that you like and, you know, buy stuff that maybe if you've got some extra money, you wouldn't usually buy. Greg, any thoughts? Yeah. Uh, my, my musician friends uh, that are real musicians, not just um, high school teachers with a hobby, uh, they're struggling uh, pretty hard trying to do some uh, online concerts, which of which I bet are fun and kind of like this is fun. Um, but yeah, you know, to buy buy some merch um, or an album or anything like that, I'm sure they'd appreciate. All their tours are obviously canceled. So I don't have your your board to do the call to action uh, thing, Sprocket <laughs> Podcast folks. But I think I think we have our call to action. Support your independent artist and go buy some merch. Just uh... And, uh, go. Oh, yeah, sorry. buy something from their website because that's the most direct way that you can uh, support them. I actually have a band in mind. I've I've been into uh, Charlie Bliss, although they're they they've done well for themselves, but they still are kind of you know young upstarts. So maybe I'll go maybe I'll go buy some merch off of them because I I like them. Uh, uh, folks, we are let's see, we've got about four minutes left. I think maybe we can do maybe co- some closing thoughts here. Um, let's see, Aaron. I well, let me see who's all the way on my left on my screen. Well, me. Okay, uh, how about you, Aaron? You're next. Sure. Four minutes um, left, folks. On the subject of Halloween, I cannot praise Surly's trailers enough. I got to try one uh, some time ago. It was their shorter one. I can't remember. That's the Ted, I believe. I think so, yeah. It rides so smooth, though. Um, So I could imagine that the Bill, the longer one, um, would be just as as great. Uh, I haven't carried any instruments by bike but i certainly am a fan of throwing the bob trailer on my long haul trucker and just loading it up with groceries couches uh whatever i can fit on there yeah uh so i would imagine uh, amps and a guitar would maybe have more logistical issues you know i wouldn't want mine to fall off a trailer but as far as hauling i think it would be just as as easy as like say uh, a love seat i love my uh, faux bob trailer that i bought off of amazon for 70 dollars yeah. and is is it just sort of falls apart a little bit at a time it's pretty awesome hey guthrie uh, we're <laughs> exactly expensive later two minutes and 44 seconds guthrie Sarah. yes uh in regards to traveling traveling and hauling things I have taken a uh, wooden tenor ukulele, or no, no, tenor? Yeah, tenor ukulele, uh, traveling in the past, and I came across a different uh, plastic version of ukulele, which is great. I can just chuck this anywhere on the bike, literally, and it will stay dry because it's made of plastic. Uh, So these are actually pretty good quality. They're made by a company called Bugs Gear. And the gent that sold it to me said he uses them as a paddle when he's going uh, boarding <laughs> when he's in Hawaii. So he spends kind of like half his time in Portland and 
half his time out on the big island and he says they're great uh so yeah i'm very excited to put that yeah it's true <laughs> they this these uh the, this one i've i've actually played about seven brands of the plastic ones this one actually sounds like a ukulele it's pretty nice um which is not to be said for most of those that you can find out there um so for what it's worth um I literally chose this instrument back in 2012 because I could fit it on a bicycle. So I went, I went the other way around that, which is what's the smallest thing I can play that will fit on a bike. Don't want what I like more. The fact that you called him a gent or the fact that that can be used as a paddle. That's amazing. Brock did us less than a minute. Take yeah. it away, sir. Man. Uh, you know, it, it keep on going outside as long as they'll let you. I know if you're in what Italy, France or Spain, uh, you can't bicycle right now. It's against the law. And they have probably pretty good reasons for that. But, uh, you know, go outside and, and work hard. Uh, haul something. Um, everybody's getting into hauling groceries home, so you might as well do that by bike, right? And, uh, and yeah, don't ever plan, but uh, consider the possibilities. This is a great incubation period for whatever adventure you're going to have later on. So agree. Hey, uh, next episode of the Pedal Shift Project is a preview of my tour. Uh, folks from the Sprocket, what's the uh, next episode, preview of the next episode? Cascadia and Courier Collective. Uh, you guys did a fantastic episode on that one, and it's either out today oh, yeah. or very soon. Yeah, uh, Ponce was great. Uh, definitely rolled with a lot of the punches that the technological punches that were thrown at us. And I think uh, I technological those, those punches, punches is out, the name of yeah. my next band. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking Folks, of music, Guthrie did uh, Guthrie did a song on his uke, and he uh, sent it to me by accident. You know what happens when people send me cool stuff and goes on the show? So, uh oh, yeah. like <laughs> Don't don't ever use that. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, everybody, I just want to say I'm going to say good night to you all, and then we're going to get cut off in a comical oh. way. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. What a great ending. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Thank you again for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Have a good evening.